Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast, the original all-turkey, all-the-time podcast with your co-hosts Andy Galliano and Cameron Weddington. In our weekly podcast, we're going to bring you some wild turkey calling tips like this. From there, we're going to go into, she's aggravated, there's another hen that's challenged her, or she's challenging another hen, she's going to cut an excited yelp. Advice from old pro turkey hunters like this. The turkeys typically don't like, I think, more times than not, to travel in an easterly direction into the sun first thing in the morning, especially after he gets up. It's a blinding thing. It, it, it's just like you. It's hard for you to see into the sun. Mm-hmm. So if I have a choice, I'm going to try to make it so that I'm going to be on the west side in the morning east side in the afternoon of a turkey exciting live hunts like this holy crap they're coming teach you how to cook your bird with advice such as this with some fresh rosemary and garlic and then cool that off and spread that along the inside of that butterflied turkey breast that we've seasoned on both sides wildlife management tips for your property especially with turkeys like this if you look at the type of habitats that turkeys need for nesting and brooding that tends to be habitat that can be managed more successfully with growing season fire than with dormant season fire. And hopefully along the way, we'll get plenty of these. Well, on November the 28th of 1953, I was attached. When I popped out of my mom and the baby doctor spanked me on the bottom, I went, oh, and I've been doing it ever since. <laughs> I like that. Thank you for tuning in, and now, for this week's show. Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 345, Checking In with the Doc. And I am your co-host, and the guy who still is a tremendous failure at teaching chipmunks how to swim underwater. And I am your co-host and the guy who is a hashtag girl dad coming up. All right. (laughs) We had the big reveal. Yes, indeed. And you guys listening to the show don't know, but when I got a copy of the reveal video, there were two confetti cannons going off and it looked, I knew one of them was pink. And it looked to me like the other one, the one that was farther away that was that Cameron was holding, was blue. And so I immediately replied back and said, dude, seriously, is that pink and blue? Yeah. And he was very quick to reply back to me and say, no. No, no, I would have, it would have been two cannons go off. You see my toes up in the air as I fall backwards. <laughs> and then the, the confetti cannon would have gotten turned on my own self at that point. 
<laughs> I, I only want one at a time, man. <laughs> oh goodness! Well, congratulations, man. That's exciting. Yeah, thank you. And uh, maybe I can bring him by for swimming lessons one day, since you seem pretty set on teaching the chipmunks to swim. Well, I don't think I want the same methodology you're trying with them on my kids, but you're welcome to bring the kids or kid or the whole family by for swim lessons. I'm going to let someone else teach because I am obviously miserable at it. <laughs> well, at least it's accomplishing one goal and that's getting rid of chipmunks. So, you know, it's, I guess it's a so. win-win situation. You know, if one does learn, then that's pretty awesome. He deserves to live. You know, if he doesn't learn, then you have one less chipmunk. So, well, if I can and it seems one... like you have plenty to choose from. So, Oh, yeah, no doubt. If I can teach one how to swim underwater, we're going international with this show. Not oh. the Turkey Hunter podcast show, but the chipmunk yeah. show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's going to be a big deal. We'll, we'll be, we'll make millions off your chipmunk for sure. That'll be pretty awesome. Yeah. The aquatic chipmunk. Mm hmm. <laughs> half chipmunk, half river otter. <laughs> Trained by yours truly. <laughs> I like it, man. It's got a ring to it. I'm looking forward can, to the day you figure that out. <laughs> I could start a ch a chipmunk swim training school. There you go. There you the go. Premier chipmunk swim instructor in the entire world. I don't know. I, I'm just like picturing like Alvin and the chipmunks with like swimsuits on now. Like at your school would be pretty impressive, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're, we're slightly off topic here on the Turkey Hunter podcast. We're though. way off topic, but <laughs> you know, hey, I can dream. Don't take yeah. that dream away from me. No, I, I, I wouldn't dare. But uh -huh. I tell you, what I'm personally dreaming about is 296 days away right now in about 20 hours. So, yeah, mine's <sighs> mine is 288 days, 21 mm -hmm. hours. 40 minutes and 10 seconds away. You know, at least we're in the 200s. Summer usually goes by pretty quick because there's lots of activities. And then it there'll does. be kind of a, you know, deer season, Christmas, you know, early no, winter. We'll be scouting before you know it, man. It's going to fly by. Gonna I fly know. By. And speaking of all that, I want to hear what you've got planned for the off season. So let's talk about that a little bit next week. Yeah, that sounds like a good plan. Because, you know, my mind doesn't leave turkeys in the off season. Many people rotate to deer or, or something else. I'll go duck hunting some, but I'm always thinking turkey. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So Well, for sure. I go deer hunting, but when I'm sitting in the deer stand, I'm thinking about turkeys. I will promise you. And a lot of times, I'm running turkey calls. Yeah. Yeah, I usually... I'll kind of take a lull right here where I'm not calling as much. And then when, you know, I get back in the woods, I'll, I'll start taking them again, especially when, during that fall turkey season that's coming up. So yeah. I got that to look forward to. Maybe. Indeed. Depends on when my child hatches. Today, however, <laughs> we have the one and only Doc Weddle with us. And Cameron and I are going to check in with some of the guys at have been on the show in the past 12 months and, of course, some regulars on the show as well and just check yeah. in with them and see how their seasons went. So 
Yeah, we'll scatter that in here, and we've got some other good shows coming up. I know we got Jeremy from the Arkansas Turkey Coordinator. He's going to be on in a couple weeks. He's he's a new guest, but yeah, we got Doc Weddle. Oh yeah, that's going to be an awesome episode for sure. But it is cool to go back in time and kind of revisit some of these folks we've had on before and catch up with them again because you know they'll kind of tell us what their plans are on our later episodes and then we get to hear how those went you know yeah so no that's kind of what happened here with doc it, it was it was cool catching up with him and man he is close to yet another super slam <laughs> it's insane you know he just gets I'm, one a year now you know <laughs> yeah i mean as i'm struggling to finish my first one crazy here he is about to finish up number four. Oh yeah and by the way number five <laughs> yeah like within striking distance of both but we'll we'll talk about that with him in the interview we we need to just shut up and get to the interview man let's do it, it it's i mean it's typical doc weddle stuff it's good it's fun. yeah yeah it's, it's cool and, and i like how we got kind of his thoughts on different states and regulations and things too because we didn't really talk about that with him last time so i, I thought it went well but why don't we yeah. hop in and talk to him let's do it see you guys on the other side Hey everybody, Cameron and I are glad to tell you that we have on the line with us this evening the one and the only Doc Weddle. And we wanted to get not just some hunters from around the country on the phone to tell us how their season went, but we wanted to get some hunters that you guys know and that we've had on the show before just to circle back around, chit-chat with them, find out how things went, find out how life is going with them and the first one on the list is doc weddle so doc how are you sir <laughs> other than i'm not turkey hunting and i'm working i'm pretty good well i'd rather be rather be hunting and i'd rather not be working <laughs> yeah uh, we cameron and i both can relate to that i think i think all of us can yeah but you know it, it cameron and i had the discussion not too terribly long ago about going to the gym and exercising and that is our turkey season is our motivation to do that and so turkey season is my motivation and i know it is yours too to get up in the morning throw on the the work clothes and get out and get after it on those days when it's not turkey season and so yeah i tell everybody when they say well where were you last week and it's turkey season and i say oh i was in michigan and wisconsin holy cow where were you two yeah. weeks before that? Well, I was in Rhode Island and Delaware and Connecticut and Maryland and Massachusetts. Oh, my God. How do, I mean, I don't understand how you do that. Like, Well, that's why I'll work my rear end off the other yeah. nine and a half months out of the year. Right. That's right. Yeah. So. yeah I, I was keeping track of you guys. It sounded like you were both on a tear. It was a great spring. It was a great spring. It was a great spring. It was a great one. I I was, I'm blessed. I can't say any more than that. So same here. It looked like doc, you, you went chasing goulds for the first time this year. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I, I had an opportunity to come up that I just couldn't say no to. I, I'd always wanted my first goulds to be on U.S. soil, and I've been applying in Arizona for years and years. I think we talked about that last time. But, yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. And up, the, guy, the, the guys from Chasing 49, Stephen Spurlock and Keith Ott, we went down with Jay Scott and went to, to Chihuahua, Mexico, and just had an amazing 
hunt down there. It was it was everything I'd always heard it was going to be and more. It was it was awesome. Yeah, Jay's a Jay's a heck of a good guy. I've had him on the show years ago, and just I mean, one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. Yeah, Jay runs a heck of an organization and top notch all the way. They fed us like kings. They we hunted on awesome ground that's just full of full of turkeys and it was uh, it was an experience unlike i'd ever ever had and, and uh, everything i could hope yeah well i was fortunate enough to go and and get a couple of goulds gosh this has been eight nine years ago now maybe mm. 10 years ago and it is an experience you know just completely different terrain completely different environment the birds are similar in so many ways but they've got their own little peculiarities yeah. and, it, and it we is. were there we were there early enough where they were still grouped up a lot yeah every time we sat down and called in turkeys we were calling in anywhere from 25 to 35 turkeys at a time first wow. day there I called in a group of, there were at least 22 jakes and at least four longbeards. So we had at least 26 toms or gobblers there. And I made, we were, we were, we were primarily there to get footage for Chasing 49. And I got all of them to gobble on tape. Nice. <laughs> One time, twice. Nice. And it was, uh, we got some amazing footage. If you ever interview Stephen, I mean, he's, He'll rave about the, all the stuff we got on tape while we were there. It was everything we could hope for. Amazing. Man, that's awesome. What were some of the differences, or, or were there any, between a Goulds and, say, your you know, turkeys north of the border, maybe your uh, Easterns or Merriams well, you know, that behave similar to got, the Merriams? Yeah, they got that funny gobble. You don't hear it very far, and it's kind of a yodel. I'll tell you one big difference. Uh, all the turkeys I've ever killed or called in for other people i've never seen a 12 inch beard and yep. both the gobblers i shot had beards over 12 inches keith killed one that will be he'll rank like in the top five all-time ghouls he had an inch and three sixteenths hook spurs he hung from a nice. limb easily i mean we wow. killed we killed monster gobblers there and the guys from woodhaven were down there three of those guys uh, billy yargis and mark scroggins and another guy they were uh they were down there with us and we all killed really big gobblers, a lot of 22s, 22-and-a-half-pound gobblers, I was, which kind of surprised me. I mean, I was, I'd always heard they were big down there, but it surprised me that gobblers south of the border are big like that. I expected it. Yeah, for that's true. Smaller. Yargus knows how to turkey hunt. <laughs> well, I don't know. He knows how to call fairly decent. I, you know, I gave him a few pointers along the way, but I, and I think he picked up on that. <laughs> He's a lot of yeah. fun. Good guy. He's he a, a nice lot, guy. A lot, a lot of laughter around camp with him. He's a good dude. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Sounds like a heck of a trip. I'm, I'm jealous. Are, are you going to continue building points for Arizona Goulds one day, or are you just going to oh, yeah. blast yeah, them on it? I guess they think I have too much money, so, they're, they're, so I'll keep giving some of it to them every year till I get it or die i don't know we'll see we'll see what happens first yeah well you probably could have your choice of merriam's units (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah i'm holding out for a build we'll see we'll see how it works good deal so when what time of year were you there i know you said you were there early and when i went it was early but what time of year were you there we were there april 20 uh 22nd was our first day hunting 104 days okay 
You were there. And I guess we didn't hear a lot of goblin because, like I said, they were grouped up and we would only hear, you know, five, six per day spread out. But I guess the next couple weeks after we left, it got electric down there. There were a bunch of turkeys goblin. Yeah. That's that's just, it's just like every, amazing Just like place. everywhere this year. It seems like everywhere I went this year, there was not a whole lot of roost goblin, but a, and a whole lot of strutting once they hit the ground. And that started in Florida, and that, that ran like that all the way out for me, everywhere I was at. Yeah. Interesting. Walk us through your season. Tell tell us where all you went and a little bit about each about each state, each trip. Well, I always start in Florida. I guide down there, and I spent 31 days, uh, 29 days guiding. I hunted two days down there. Had a tremendous season in Florida. We stacked you were our hammering them in Florida. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We hammered and we and we killed a lot of really big gobblers. I yeah. killed my own all my personal best gobbler, inch and nine sixteen spurs. Wow. And it was like that. It was like that the whole season. We just managed couldn't do anything wrong. And that's the whole way the whole season went for me until the final eight days. Is it just couldn't do anything wrong. So Florida was first, and we went to Mexico. And then from there, I went out west and hit nine other states out west, seven other states out west. And then I came back and uh, finished up in New York and Pennsylvania. But I went to Colorado, Wyoming, Montana, Washington, Idaho, Oregon, Utah. Then I made a 40-hour drive from southwest Utah all the way to Shenango County, New York. Wow. A lot of time in the wheel. Um, got up there and killed the bird the first day. And then from then... The next seven days, the last seven days of the season, got skunked, got uh, got humbled, which is always good. I mean, yeah, I hate to see a season end like that, but after the season I'd had, it was almost like I deserved it. And uh, I, yeah. in fact, I, I missed the gobbler on the last day of the season. And uh, so I get to think about that for the next nine months. <laughs> nice. Well, it's hard to beat catch and release turkey hunting. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather see him flop when I pull that trigger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I did a bone-headed move. I, I was you know, too much pressure. I let the pressure trying to kill one on the last day uh, get to me, and I took a shot I shouldn't have, and, and I got what I deserved. I like Christmas. You get what you deserve. Yeah, so did you make any further headway? I know you said last time you were on, almost had your fourth Super Slam. Did you make headway on that? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm two states short now. Wow, nice. from four. Yeah. yeah, and another six states short from the fifth. Wow, Man, that's amazing. Congratulations. Closing in on it. Like, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it was, it was it was a tremendous year. Like I say, it seemed like nothing went wrong the whole season. That's awesome. Yes, it is. That is a a good feeling. Good feeling. And while but... I was out west, I got to I got to hunt with uh, one of my young protege, Trevor Bays, who I've known before since before he was born. His family's from New York. I started hunting on his grandpa's land five years before Trevor was born, and now he's a he's a waterfowl guide out in Kansas, a tremendous turkey hunter, all around outdoorsman. He's twenty seven years old. He next year he's slated to become the youngest U.S. Super Slam complete his at the age of 28. So, uh, like I say, he's a heck of a heck of a turkey hunter. So we got to spend a lot of time hunting out west together. Him and his buddy Matt Lehman, uh, both tremendous turkey hunters, but great turkey callers. Uh, I'm humble cool. around them. Yeah, I just shut up. I shut up when I'm around them and let them do the calling. <laughs> I do the same thing when I'm hunting with Cameron. 
You know, just like letting the young bucks feel good. I know how it is. Yeah, yeah, it builds their confidence, you know. That's right. That's what any good mentor does. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Doc, what are you? What are your thoughts? You know, these days the Super Slam is like the new Grand Slam, in my opinion. Everybody's it doing it, kind of thing. What are your Everybody. thoughts on that? I mean, is it something that you're like? You think it might not be a good thing for the sport, or you think it's it's overall going to be a good thing? I don't know. I didn't ever anticipate it blowing up like it has. And yeah, so guess, quick. Yeah, so quickly. And I guess the internet, we can thank the internet or curse the internet for that one way or the other, whatever, however you feel about it. I don't know. It gives everybody a goal and it gets people out traveling and experience the same kind of things that I've experienced for the last 40 years. Next year will be my 40th year turkey hunting. So, I mean, that's a good thing. I know personally it's changed my life and given me vision and, and insight and all the good things that come from chasing turkeys all over the country. I don't know. I don't know where it's going to go as far as are we hurting the turkey population? I don't I don't know. It's all the, one of those things that's just open for debate, I guess. I know turkeys are hunting, hurting in a lot of spots. And it seems yeah. like a lot of these guys have got a pretty good focus on on uh on the sport and the and the resource and i heard more good things on that this year than than i really anticipated there's a a lot of people that you know always have been a lot of people that love the resource love the wild turkey and want to do whatever it takes to protect that and i there's a lot of good stuff coming out right now a lot of a lot of positive feeling good talk we'll Mm. we'll see how that runs yeah, I, I just wonder, you know, what is it that we can do as conservationists to, because so many people are, are so into the wild turkey and, and doing the super slam and, you know, if, if the super slam's not on the radar screen, it's still traveling to extend their seasons. You know, it seems like the wild turkey has more fans and, and I hate to even use that term how about fanatics has more fanatics today than it ever has but we seem to be dealing with this dwindling population in in so many areas but it just seems like we should be able to to get together on this bird and the conservation of this bird and and maybe try to find some common ground to come up with ways to protect it even more than what we're doing and what our states are doing for us you know, I think it's our responsibility as lovers of the wild turkey to be to be good stewards of the of the resource and and protect it and do whatever we can. And, and like I say, I hear a lot of that. I hear a lot of that in just in daily conversations. I hear it on the internet. I hear it every time I sit down and talk to turkey hunters. We talk about that kind of stuff a lot, and mm-hmm. yeah. that's good. That's a, that's a start. And and some of these biologists today are doing some great research and and uh, their projects and and uh, they are they're we're trying to manipulate some seasons and, and try to figure out what's going on in these areas that are are suffering some and that's all good it all comes from that and, and i guess you you have to have an intense interest like the u.s super slam to keep everybody focused and 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 understand what how important it is so I think it's a good thing overall. Like I say, we're we're making so many so many people are just such huge fanatics on turkey hunting. So, but, but, but there can't be anything bad to that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. But you know, I guess it 
to balance uh, of the fanatics also enjoy killing them. So, you know, yeah, yeah. we got to balance somewhere in there of it's good to be fanatic, but when are we killing too many, I guess? And, you know, yeah, maybe we're not I mean, the problem, we, may see, we may see that in the years to come. We may see states that have had a liberal limit reducing it, you know, one bird per season. I don't know how we're, where we're going to end up, but we're seeing some experimentation like that and some focus on that. Yeah, yeah, that is true. That is true. You know, our, our, our turkey biologists have always, that's been always been their main focus is to do the best thing for the resource. And sometimes you have a, you have a, a little problem between what's best for the resource and what the hunters feel is the best for them. We've always got to, we've got to listen to the biologists and, and listen to what they're saying and let them, let the, let science steer us. Yeah. yeah. I was curious with Florida, you, you don't, do you live in Florida or are you just like, you moved down there for the first month of season? Yeah, no, I'm, I live in Indiana. I'm all, I'm a Hoosier. That's what I, I thought. I, I've all, my whole life, I've spent a lot of time in Florida. My, my dad's family was from Florida ever since I was a little kid. We spent a lot of time down there. I love native Florida back in the swamps and the, and the jungle oh, yeah. and, and uh, real Florida. I could never live down there. That's uh, <laughs> too much. Too many people, but I do. I do treasure my time down there. I love it, and uh, so I spend about a month every year. The first month of the season, I'll spend down there. Next year, I'm going to Hawaii first again, but but uh, I'll spend about still spend about a month down there. And you you guide hunts in Florida, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so do you work for like a guide service down there, or you kind of have your own deal? No, I just, I just do. I got my own thing going. Nice. Very nice. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I just was curious as to how that worked because I, I wasn't sure. It, it looked like some of the guided hunts you're doing may have taken place on public land even. No. Oh, goodness, no. I would oh. never take any public land down there. I, I did call a bird in for a, a friend of mine on public down there. The last Maybe that's, we that's, killed. that's probably but what no, it was. But, but, uh, public land in Florida is a madhouse. Oh, I'm not. <laughs> Far too many people. Not not nearly enough turkeys. No, I would never take anyone down there. That's pure pure punishment. <laughs> Paying you for punishment, huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you've been around the block or the U.S. chasing turkeys and dealing with all these states' different regulations and guidelines and licenses requirements and gun requirements as far or restrictions as far as having a plug in it not having a plug in it can't shoot this size shot but you can shoot this size shot and blah 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 yeah so i want to kind of drill it down and this is not to put you on the spot and this is not for for the residents of one state to go yippee and pat themselves on the back but just talking purely your opinion of management of the wild turkey which state or states i'll let you i'll let you name more than one do you think do it the best as far as bag mm. limit season season length whether it's mm. draw or no draw what whatever your reasons are this is your opinion your two cents i'm just curious i'm i'm here to listen and gain knowledge mm. tough question i think overall they all do it awesome job i i my hat's off to wildlife and wild turkey biologists across the nation i think i think there's a couple of them that are doing it in my opinion a little wrong where they're letting you kill too many turkeys wisconsin 
New Jersey, you know, some of these states where you can just keep buying tags and going out and killing turkeys and killing yeah. turkeys. I think, where was I was hunting this year? One of the western states where you could kill 12 per year at fall. Montana, I think. Monta- Montana, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But, man, oh, as far as the good ones, you know, gosh, every they're all doing great. Missouri's always been a model for a lot of the states have looked up to what they've done. I'm not real crazy about having to quit at noon, but I can understand yeah. what their their approach to that, conservative. And I think maybe maybe we need to be more conservative in the future, uh, not be so liberal with our bag limits and stuff like that. Uh, but gosh, you know, like I say, wildlife biologists are, are cream of the crop. You know, they're doing a great job. Yeah. Yeah. I will say Missouri, you mentioned their land management, the short stint I've spent there. Yeah. They seem like they really are good stewards of their public lands. I mean, that, that they are. And they, the and they have a lot of public property. land. And they have, they have a lot of public land and all types of varieties. They have national forests and state forests and parks and all kinds of stuff where you can hunt kansas is another good one they don't have a lot of national forests or anything like that but they've got walk-in hunting areas where mm-hmm. they lease ground landowners that's a great program i love that program um, yeah yeah it's tremendous now i know that you typically like to go and even if you're hunting the same state or when you're hunting the same state that you might have hunted last year or two years ago or four years ago you like to go to a different area of the state and not go just right back to the same area that you killed before and and try to kill again in that area. So this may be a little difficult of a question for you to answer too, but you mentioned Wisconsin and you don't like the way that they do it because basically they say, okay, this year we're going to allow, and I'm just throwing out a random number, 40,222 turkeys to be killed statewide. And then this many of that number in this zone, this many of that number in this zone. But take a state for like Wisconsin that does that. In the period of time that you've been going there, the number of years that you've been going there, have you seen a population decrease in a state like that? Well, in fairness, I've only hunted Wisconsin two or three times. And okay. Wisconsin's got a tremendous number of turkeys. Uh, it's a, they have a population that can handle it. And, and again, their biologists are setting the season limit by what they think it can handle. So uh, maybe they're, maybe they're okay, but it just seems like, it just seems like crazy that you can just keep buying tags cheaply and go out and kill more turkeys. New Jersey is a prime example of that one where you can, I think it's $21 a piece. You can just keep on buying tags as long as they've got leftover tags. Mm. Um, and I know several, I've talked to several hunters over the years that kill eight, nine, ten gobblers in a year. It just seems like, it doesn't seem like you should be shooting that many turkeys in your in your home state or, or a state yeah. where you're hunting. I don't know. Yeah, I'd agree with that. That's, that's, that's a little much. but I've not I've... hunted any of those states enough to get an overall view over time. Well, I don't, and I assume because they're still doing it that way that they're, you know, the bio again, the biologists are setting their season bag limits by what by the what they think the the population can handle. So, if they're still doing it like that, they're probably they're probably fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, none of that, none of that was designed to put you on the spot or give you any heat from anybody. So that's Doc's yeah. opinions and based on his experience, and he 
gave credit where credit is due, which is to the wildlife biologist. And heck, you know, he's not one. He knows it. I'm not one, even though I do think I play a good armchair wildlife biologist. <laughs> At least it gives us something to talk about on the show a lot. And, yeah. you know, we, but we still all have our opinions and, and that kind of thing. And that's what I was looking for because you got think, more experience traveling around and being in these different states than I do. And I just like... Well, some of the some of the biologists I talk to, like Nathan Blount and people, you know, they're, they're the, new, the new view these days is that we're shooting our gobblers too early. Uh, we're not getting all of our hens bred. So they're trying to set these seasons back a little bit. I think that's, and at the same time, maybe reducing the, reducing the bag limit. I think there's probably some, some, uh, some warrant in that view. Uh, I remember uh, Kentucky's wildlife biologists told me, gosh, 25 years ago, that they were killing way too many of their, tur- their turkeys before the hens were being bred. George Wright, he was a tremendous turkey biologist and, and that was his view, like I say, a long time ago. Mm. So, yeah. So I, I applaud what they're doing. They're they're doing the research. They're trying to trying to make some adjustments and seeing if we can turn this thing around. You know, the turkeys, wild turkeys, doing great in a lot of places. It's in some of these places they're not doing very well, but right. uh, overall they're still doing great. Yeah. yeah. Has there been an area in your experience with all your travels where? Maybe you went there 10 years ago or something, and, and it was fantastic, and now you go back and it's vastly different, a, a large decline. Uh, I think Arkansas, Arkansas is probably like that. Last, you know, First time I went there, there were quite a few turkeys gobbling everywhere. Second time I went back, a few less than that, and then the third time, just heard a couple. So but who's to say if that's, if that's long-term, or is that just a, a yearly aberration? Is that... Because the hens are are still with the gobblers, and we they're more than goblin. I don't know. Who knows? Right. I I don't hunt any one place all season, so I get a I get a snapshot when I'm there of what it's like, and maybe yeah. that snapshot's an accurate portrayal of what's going on. Maybe it's not so accurate. Maybe it's just what's going on at the time. So it's hard. It's hard for it's hard to tell. Yeah. From my perspective. Very yeah. interesting. Yeah. So what are your thoughts for next year? You said Hawaii already is on the table. So I, I'm assuming you said you have two left for the fourth round. I assume you'll be hitting both of those. Yeah. That's Arizona and uh, Missouri. You know, working towards that fifth slam, there's a few other states out west I still need to hit again. Um, and then then just from that point on, it's just hunt, the, hunt my favorite places. And just, no, I'm not going to hunt any left. Still going to be out the same number of days. I'm just not going to. I'm going to hunt where I feel like going. There yeah. you go. Now, are you going to try to finish number five next year, or are you going to just see what happens I, as the year progresses? It's going to. I'm going to come pretty darn close to it. There might be a state or two I don't get to. Yeah, that's. There won't be very many cool. after after next year. There won't be very many left. No. Yeah. Too that's cool. That's awesome. That's just impressive to me. That's that's pretty awesome. I hope you. I hope you're able to. Maybe you'll end up getting the fifth one knocked out next year too who knows but wish you luck in arizona and missouri for sure to get that fourth one out of the way i bet if you can get yeah. drawn you won't have trouble finding success out there yeah, yeah. see if i get drawn for a gold then i'll be done with arizona forever <laughs> 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 which is a shame because i really like the state it's a fascinating beautiful state with it is. some really great turkey hunting on it just that it's a shame the way it <laughs> they've got it set up for non-residents 
Yeah. They, they have it set up really well to make money for the state. I'll give them that. They do. Amen. They do. And that's important, too. So I should be happy that I'm, I'm helping them with that cause. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you're probably not going to put in for another 10 years for a second Goulds, I'm guessing? No, I don't think so. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. It, it's an interesting state. I know when we were going there and doing our research before we bought tags or put in for tags or whatever that process was, I, I just kept thinking, this is just the craziest thing ever that I'm going to spend, you know, a hundred and I don't even remember what the amount was, $150 for something that, for the opportunity to draw a tag. And if I don't yeah. draw it, they got my money. I don't get yeah. it back. Yeah. Like, this is crazy. This is a, this is a scam. <laughs> But when you make the laws, you can make the laws to suit yourself. That's so. right. And again, the, the money goes to a good cause. It does. I, love so I can't yeah. begrudge them that. And, and it's hard to, to moan too much about it, knowing that they are <laughs> they're doing what I'm moaning about around the rest of the country. They're managing their resource. Yeah. yeah making exactly. it so restrictive to get these tags. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. But typical, typical hunter, you know, selfish me. I want what I want. Oh, I don't yeah. give it to yeah. anybody else. That's right. Yeah. I want to ask one more question, just because you you do travel so much and, and travel around. Is there, and you, and you do hunt a, a lot of public ground. Is there a state or two states that you've hit over the past couple of years where you thought, holy cow, there's more there are more people here than there are in New York City. Well, the last of this, these COVID years have been tough. We got a, we see a lot of more a lot more hunters out there. Yeah. No getting around that. That's true. And I see a lot of people even still with all the people I see around the country, I I don't have that many instances of hunter interference. Uh, maybe that's because of the way I like to get away from the roads and get back deep yeah so i don't i don't run into that many hunters uh, i can count on one hand the instances of actual hunter interference in the last two years it seems like i don't hunt some of the ones that everybody i hear people talking about how bad it's gotten in alabama and you know georgia and some of these southern states that just get pounded uh, i haven't been to those states recently in the last several years i've been focusing on the western states they're going to be a little less pressure out there so i haven't really i haven't really had that bad of a time in uh running into hunter other hunters yeah yeah it seems great it seems crazy to hear other people talk all the time on the internet and stuff how, how many people they're seeing and, and how, how badly they're getting run over but uh, i've been i work hard not to be and i always have i've always tried to get away from the people yeah Number one focus has always been getting away from the people and then getting into the turkeys that are that are there. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 I didn't really have much hunter interference, I'd say, this year. I saw the most people in Tennessee on my home ground that I usually hunt, but still didn't have any interference because if somebody's already there, I don't go in there, you know. So yeah. Yeah. That, that, that in itself is going to minimize your odds of running into somebody. Yes. Yeah. One of my buddies was out west the same time I was the, the whole year, and he he got hung up in uh, South Dakota, 
in the Black Hills, he said it was there were just people everywhere, and he he never did kill a turkey there. Uh, was there about twelve days? And he said it was just just everywhere. Every time he went anywhere, there was somebody parked there, or somebody, or he'd park somewhere, and there'd be people in on him. You know, by by morning, it was, he said it was just insanity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the only other state I ran into quite a few people was Montana for me. I was hunting a pretty yeah. popular area out there, kind of expected it. Yeah, and I didn't really run into many people in Montana. I was out there too, and uh, I, I kept running into people. I well, the only two people I ran into said that they had seen a lot of people early in the season. I didn't see it. Besides them, I didn't see another soul. Yeah. Well, I've got one more question for you. I don't know what else Cameron has for you, but I have one. I have more one question. more as well, but I'll let you ask first. Mine might be a great one to finish with, though. Well, let me ask mine, because I have been curious as to this. All right, go. Why do they call you Doc? Are you a doctor? <laughs> no, no, that was pretty easy and boring, really. <laughs> when I was really little, like really little, my grandfather, Shine, he used to call me Doc, and I just kind of liked it, you know, and it, it felt like it was my name, my nickname from my beloved grandfather, so I sort of kept it, and then... Years later, as I grew older and wiser, I realized that uh, just kind of like how some people call everybody Bubba or, or Hoss or whatever, Grandfather called everybody Doc. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, but you kept it. That's right. Yeah, I kept it. Yeah. Dang, I, I was hoping to hear that like maybe you were a medic in the Vietnam War or something, you know, just stuff. <laughs> crazy but no i i missed the vietnam war i was a little, a little younger than that yeah not much i was the, i was the last age class that had to register for the draft wow that's cool yeah, yeah. doc cameron thinks all of us are old y'all are just older than him age. we're all old enough to have been in vietnam <laughs> maybe right. in world war ii forget oh, korea oh, we're, yeah Okay, well, that, I appreciate you answered that because I, I was wondering that because it's like, I'm not, I don't think he's a doctor, but, you know, <laughs> maybe you have a doctorate in I turkey, could, turkey I could make killing, up some, but... some convoluted story that was a lot more romantic, but uh, I'll neglect to do that. Okay. <laughs> I'll just stick to the truth. Unlike I, most of my stories, I'll stick to the truth on this one. <laughs> if, we ever, if we ever share camp together, we'll come up with a story together. That'll be, that'll be the goal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. We do need to share a tree somewhere. Sometime, yeah, sometime. that'd be awesome. Man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe we can trick Cameron into taking us hunting in Tennessee. <laughs> oh, that'd be nice. Yeah, yeah I don't want to shoot my I own turkeys. We'll go somewhere none of us live. Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna cut that out. <laughs> Oh, uh, I'm going to give the GPS coordinates in Tennessee where I love to hunt the most. Oh, yeah. Good. Good. It's it's very close to, to where the little GPS tracker that I have in Cameron's vehicle. Yeah. Very close to the area that it sends me most days of the week. So, nice. Yeah, yeah. But, all right, my question for you is this. I've done a lot of which state is the most of this and which states the least of that but and i've, you, I've managed to head around all of those you, you <laughs> danced around you you gave some pc answers on on all of those so i, yeah, I have he, to give you mad props on that yeah but I, I will say this before i ask you my question i will say this 
you actually went a different direction with one of the answers to the questions than I thought you would. And one of the states that you named as a state that you don't like the way they do it is one of the ones that I kind of look at and say, hey, that's not a bad way of doing it. But, and that's a huge, I didn't say it this way, it is a huge but. You've got to know what you're working with as far as a total population. And it's hard, mm -hmm. you know, and, and the state that I'm talking about is Wisconsin. It's hard for states like Mississippi, Georgia, Tennessee, Florida, Alabama, these southern states with heavily forested areas to get a good count on their total population Absolutely. to be able to manage yeah. it like a state like Wisconsin can, you know, with a lot yeah. of ag and, and that kind of thing where they can get a good, decent head count in the winter. So, you know... What works for them is not all, I should say what, I should say it this way. All of what works for them is not all of it's going to work for every single state around the country. And, you know, as, as many good things as I think you could pick up from Wisconsin, that doesn't, that means it works well in Wisconsin. It doesn't necessarily work well in other states or would work yeah. well in other states. But anyway, I'm going to get on to my question and it's probably going to be a tough one too. think back upon this past season and what is one hunt whether you killed you called for a buddy or you just called and didn't even get a shot share the story of that hunt that one hunt that stands out the most to you not not your miss because that was the last hunt and that's why that one stands out to you but what other hunts do you have that stands out share the story with us and let's go out on that note yeah we could we could spend another hour on that because i had so many awesome hunts this year it seemed like like i say it seemed like for most of the season i could do no wrong and uh, the turkeys were cooperating everywhere i went i guess i was out in oregon um and matt and trevor had found some turkeys way back in it was about oh it was four miles from the from the parking area to where they got into a few turkeys back there. And uh, I went back there the first day there and had a flash hunt, killed one. And then it was hot, and I'd been working hard and walking far for a number of weeks. I was really beat up by then, and I'm, I'm old. And I had to go back there the next day to try and get a, my second turkey, and, and I didn't do any good. I didn't hardly see any turkeys heard some far distant birds and then i went back the third day and again i'm walking four miles in four miles out uh, so four miles in i hear this turkey goblin and it was the only one i heard and he was as far out as i could hear a turkey gobble and i took off walking i finally caught up to him on a straight line on my onyx hunt program he was 1.78 miles from where i heard him Wow. I finally caught up to him, and it was I, in, I popped into this little valley that was just it was just utopia. It was green grass and and ponderosa pines and a trickling creek, and and as I entered that entered that, that valley, there were wolf tracks and bear tracks and and uh, elk tracks and deer tracks and turkey mm -hmm. tracks and whale tracks, all in the mud puddles along the creek. And I got in there, and he was gobbling really good. And just came in on a string, just just like you'd ever hope. And just so it was such a beautiful spot to kill him. And uh, then I killed him, and then, then I had like almost seven miles back out. So 
that that one left an impression. <laughs> it yeah, left an impression on the, bottom, on the bottoms of my feet, and, the, <laughs> and I was yeah. tired. And you know, it's a good tired when you get you work like that, and you work hard, and it all comes together. And that, those are the ones that I always remember. Are the ones with the the quick hunts, the flash hunts don't don't stay in my mind, but the the marathon hunts on a tough gobbler or, or working real hard to get to some place like that. Those are the ones I remember the most, most clear. Yeah. 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 Memories. It was, it was a really cool spot. I don't know if I'll ever go back because it is a, it's a hike. <laughs> uh, boy, it was a lot of fun. I think I saw your pictures from that area. It did look just surreal how beautiful it was. Yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. That's, that's too fantastic. cool. Yeah. Just like anything in life, the harder you work for something, the, more satisfying it is when it comes to yeah. you. Yeah, the more you hunt, the more you appreciate it, you know? Yeah. So very true. Yes, there was a lot to appreciate this year. It was a, it was a great year, and I'm thankful that I got to spend every minute. I spent less, uh, fewer days hunting by myself this year than I ever have. I spent more days guiding or in the presence of someone else than I ever have. I spent less days overall. Than I, than I had in many, many years, but I had more turkeys gobbling, more gobblers called in, more successful hunts than than ever before. It was, it was a magical year in every way, shape and form. That's awesome. Well, I'm congrats glad that. awesome year. I, I enjoyed keeping up with your travels through Facebook. And, yeah, know, likewise. Any, any of our listeners who have Facebook, I highly suggest you follow Doc, especially before next spring, because it's it, he has some entertaining stories, and like I was saying, the pictures that he just described are on there, so you can check those out. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. same to you. I enjoyed uh, seeing your successes and hearing about your stories, too. It was a, well, there were a lot of us out there having really good years, and it was, a, it was entertaining to keep track of everybody. Yeah, yes. Yeah. You never know. Sometimes they come in waves. The good years will be riding, yeah. and then all of a sudden you'll get one of those ones where nothing cooperates. So hopefully that's oh, yeah. not two years. Two years ago, I struggled from from the gate. So a year like this is to be appreciated and, and be thankful for. Yeah, absolutely. Amen to that. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Doc, thank you so much. Glad yes. to know why why I'm calling you Doc. So and uh, <laughs> enjoyed hearing your thoughts on different states that Andy was grilling you on, and uh, also <laughs> hear about your successful seasons. <laughs> Thanks. It was a it was a pleasure meeting you guys or talking to you guys again and, and uh, hearing your stories too. Oh, yeah. We enjoyed it. Thank you for yeah. giving Won't us. Won't be the last time. time. Hopefully, we we have you on, Lord willing. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. All right, buddy. Thank you much. Have a great night. We'll talk again sometime soon. Yes, sir. Y'all take care. All right. Goodbye. Uh, good night. You know, one of the cool things that we get to do is talk to all these different hunters and get different opinions and input and. That's the thing with all of this, and I think we, not just as hunters, but as human beings, get maybe, well, we get away from it, but I think we lose sight of it on when we're on social media. And that is, these are opinions, and these are, you know, someone's thoughts. It doesn't make them wrong, because we don't know if ours are right. But yeah. it was interesting to hear him say that, you know, he thinks that Wisconsin does things the wrong way when it comes to managing the birds. By and, and mainly what I gathered from this, and you tell me if I'm wrong, but mainly in just how you can go and buy a tag. Free for all. Yeah. A tag 
a tag. You know, once you feel one, you can go buy another one until they're out in that zone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, A, I think Wisconsin, you know, again, opinions. My opinion, they're doing a great job of managing the resource, but I, at the same time, agree with him that maybe put a season bag limit on there as well where you can't, you know, fill more than four tags or five tags just to keep people from just, you know, stacking them up like cordwood right there at the end of the year. But on the flip side, I think the way they manage their first four weeks of season are incredible. I, I think that's a model that should be followed by many others. But so, you know, well, I you agree know. with him though on the, on the fact that you can just keep killing turkeys, you know, and it's, I just don't think it's ever a good thing when you turn somebody loose that can really do some damage and they got two weeks and they hunt every day and can kill a turkey a day. I don't think that's good for anybody. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I'm I'm just throwing something out there because I think the worst part of the way that that system is set up is you have guys from out of state that will roll in there, mm-hmm. find this piece of public land. There's five or six goblin turkeys left on it, and they yep. go in there and they kill one on day one, and they've still got three days left on their trip. They go back and they buy another tag, go into the That's... exact same area, kill number two, go into the yep. next day the same exact area kill number three and maybe just for that last season hey I'm, I'm i'm all against making things more complicated but what if you had like subzones? yeah you can only kill one bird you know you can only one hunter can can fill only one tag in one piece of public ground and then they can I, go buy another tag but they have to go to a different piece of public ground i wish that was nationwide that i think that would solve a lot of issues honestly i really do because i've always thought it's not a problem if if you kill one bird and and one out of the flock you know you took one turkey out but then you have to go somewhere else and hunt a whole new flock compared to this flock of turkeys in this lek has four toms and you kill all four of them you got a problem yeah (laughs) you know i I think that's a i I wish everywhere would do that but yeah i agree with you especially somewhere like wisconsin where you can continue to buy tags and new jersey which i didn't realize new jersey was that way yeah but i don't think they're going to get quite the hunting pressure that other states get you know wisconsin probably gets hit a lot harder than new jersey i would think yeah well it was a great interview it's always great catching up with him you know he's just just He's the man. Super nice guy, an absolute turkey murderer. Yes, yeah. he is. That's the kind of people I like to surround myself with. Yeah, he he broke my heart when he talked about his protege that's going to kill the Super Slam at the age of 28 next year because Jeez. I was on pace to do it at 29 and thought I was going to be the first one in their 20s. Yeah. But it'll be all right. I'll survive. Well, I'd say you just go finish it next year. <laughs> 23 states, Wayne. <laughs> Take the kid and, and Audrey with you and just go enjoy. Yeah, hey, I, I'm down. I'll run it past the I'll run it past the rest of the family. I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have man. a feeling I know what the answer is going to be. I bet I don't hunt 23 states next year. I'd be willing <laughs> to take those odds any day. Well, you never know, Cameron. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. Good but... deal, man. That was, yeah cool that was fun that was fun and i i'm you know i'm looking forward to the next 
one of these interviews where we can catch up with one of these awesome turkey hunters we've had on the show over the past 12 months or yeah. one of the regulars. It's always just a good time. Well, I'll tell you one thing I'm looking forward to, and that is sometime this summer, probably over the next couple of weekends, I'm going to be making a smoked wild turkey and andouille gumbo mm. with some real Cajun market andouille sausage. So it should be really good. Okra croutons on top. Oh man, it's going to be on. I can be there in four <laughs> hours. Yeah, just say four and a half from the time you call me or text me to let me know because I'll probably want to throw on some clothes, you know, something a little bit nicer than, yeah. I, than I'm sure whatever for, I'm wearing at the time. Yeah, for the gumbo cooking. I mean, I'm in a robe right now, so I, you won't have to outdo me very well. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And that, you know, we've said it on here before every week now, but the real Cajun market, the sausages, they're just another level. You got, you know, your normal breakfast sausage or whatever you want to go by. And then there's this. This takes it to a whole new level, hand packaged by like, I mean, he is a chef. Yeah. hand doing this and then you can have it shipped right to your door so i'm just telling y'all this summer's grilling season all kind of recipes can be made with sausages like this like what i just mentioned i'm making a gumbo reach out cullen lord with the real cajun market order some it helps us because he is our sponsor for the show and so if you enjoy our shows and you enjoy sausage it's a good thing to do go buy some Absolutely. and the way you can do that Andy's going to give you a phone number to call, or you can reach out on social media and contact Cullen Lord or the Real Cajun Market on Instagram or Facebook and just tell him, heard about you on the Turkey Hunter podcast, would love to order, you know, maybe start out with a sample pack, a little bit of everything and see what you like, and then you can get some more. That's what I'd probably do. Yeah. And the quickest way probably to get hold of him would be to call his wife, Ann. And can you give him that number, Andy? Absolutely. It is 678-471-1150. That's 678-471-1150. And whether you order by phone or through social media or their website, please let them know you heard about them on the Turkey Hunter podcast. That's what keeps this cycle going for us. If we can continue to support Colin and Ann and the Real Cajun Market, then they will continue to support this show and that just continues to make it free for you guys and that's what we want absolutely absolutely and speaking of support i'm going to throw in a favor of the week this week all right let's not forget about our friends over at turkeys for tomorrow we had ron jolly on back when this thing was i mean it hadn't even technically launched i think they had pretty much had a website yeah but i know they are having a meeting this weekend at white oak down in alabama and they're gonna be talking about some things and i've talked to ron jolly lately and they got some pretty cool stuff coming out including a a pretty big study in alabama so very good go support turkeys for tomorrow that's my favorite of the week throw them some money over there if you killed a turkey this year maybe send them 20 bucks for for a bird you killed you know Try to put something back on the landscape. I, I think they're going to do some good things, and I'm hoping we'll have Mr. Ron Jolly on here again to kind of update us on the status of turkeys for tomorrow in a couple weeks. Yeah, that'd be cool. I keep hearing talk that he wants a do-over on the rapid fire Q and A. He is. So not. I've talked to him like five times now on the phone, and five out of five times he has mentioned that you screwed him on 
rapid fire Q and A. Like this man, he he thinks you really did, and you may have probably, but he wants to win, man. He want he I'm I'm scared to see the time this guy puts up the next time he comes on the show. I am sure for the past six months or however long it's been since he was on the show. <laughs> Tess has been helping him practice every single night to get faster and faster. And I can just, you know, when, because we all have off nights or off days when we're practicing for something. If you think back to your sports days for most of us old guys, you know, you think back to high school football or baseball or whatever sport it was we played and you have those off days and I can just hear Tess on those off days going, you can do this. Suck it up. Faster, Jolly, faster. Oh, man. I'm, I'm sure that's probably really accurate. I mean, he, he, A, he thinks he won, which, well, he tied? Was it that he, he literally oh, no. tied? No, he was like three one thousandths of a second behind the, the Tony. person. Yeah. Yeah, Cagiano. I think I've got his time written down here. Let's see. Yeah, I think it was, it was Tony Cash was the, the winner. Yeah. And, so, Jolly was like right on his heels. Twenty-two one hundredths of a second <laughs> behind Tony Caggiano. Oh me! And he hadn't forgot about it. I'm telling you, he he every time he's like, if Andy would have just talked faster, you mm-hmm. know, he's he's pretty upset with you. I told, I, I think he may want me to read the questions next time. Yeah. I don't know if he trusts you anymore. If he's upset now, you wait till after we run through the rapid fire Q and A this time. He's gonna be really oh. upset with me. I even if he does smoke it, you need. I'm telling you, man. When it ends, you need to be like, oh, that was rough. That was worse than last time. You know, 18 what? minutes. One second, second to last, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that that would be good. Or, you know, throw in a 31st question, like, what is the ninth digit of pi? Yeah. They... <laughs> uh, they... Explain the uh, Colossus of Cloud to us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now my brain's spinning, so let's wrap yeah. this thing up, and then I can take notes and, and put a plan together to sabotage Jolly. Sabot- that's that's the goal that's our that's our favor of the week learn how to sabotage <laughs> jolly but y'all's favor of the week support turkeys for tomorrow all right hey Wrap thank us you guys. Up. yeah thank you guys so much for tuning in this week we know that you have choices we appreciate you spending your time with us we hope you have a wonderful week and we look forward to seeing you again next week goodbye goodbye thanks for tuning in you were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on Hunting Afternoon Birds, How to Film Your Hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.